The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We're high-tech now with this, this new thing we have here. Um, so um, we're going to move now into um, doing some reflection, talking about um, what we offer and take from society and how it is that we align our life you know, to our values and our spiritual aspirations. And I think that we started, we started this conversation already um, you know, by just seeing how it is that we may be one person out there. You know, we wake up in the morning as one individual, one person. But when we get together with others, we are part of a group. We're part of a community. And we speak as a group. We were setting the snacks, and there was a movement from the group into going into the snacks now. So the people spoke. <laughs> we had snacks now. We will continue after this. But this is kind of an example of something that I want to, to go more into now, which is that as part of our livelihood, we do have these kind of individual aspect of de development, spiritual development, meeting the needs that Chris talked about, um, going deeper in our mindfulness practice to know, to know where, where is healing needed, where is community needed, where is self-confidence needed. And so livelihood has been one of the factors that are um, that is in the middle of the eightfold path. Give us that opportunity, that opportunity of moving from one individual circle to seeing the impact to other concentric circles as we move out into relating with others. And so this aspect that Chris talked about, how it is that we relate, counts much more. So that this also um, brings to mind maybe uh, setting the intention to cultivate uh, gentleness and tenderness with ourselves so that we really can to touch those moments where courage is needed, moments where loving kindness and listening and full presence, full presence of your being to listen to others or just to witness, to bear witness, is, is, is needed, is called for. So we start with, you know, coming into, to IMC or other centers um, to explore, start the practice, doing the practice. And that's how I started. You know, I started by, okay, I just, I don't know what is going on. You know, there was sloth, torpor, anxiety, 
um, deep grasping and wanting things to be different. What is all this? And so we start cultivating the practice. And, and, and then there may be a point in which, even without us noticing, the practice start practicing us. We start showing up. We start remembering naturally, it's Sunday. It's the Eightfold Path. <laughs> or we start, you know, wanting to get together with someone else to practice or starting thinking about, I wonder how the group is doing. You know, so we start developing this sense of connection. So we are one individual. We are one individual interconnected to many others, interconnected to other beings, interconnected to our environment. So all these concentric circles that come out of starting practicing internally then extend, start expanding to practice externally. And through all these concentric circles of relationships, there's this connection to our environment, to our space. So, um, you see, like naturally, remember, it's like, oh, no, no, I don't need to look at it, I just, it just came up. Um, so we continue practicing, showing up, not even knowing sometimes how, you know, and that is part of our livelihood. <laughs> There's, you know, how it is that we spend our time, you know, even sometimes like not knowing what are we doing, but we have a sense, we have a sense that there is something beneficial here. There's some goodness here. Something is touching me here that I keep showing up. And the precepts then show up in the practice. Then we start noticing, you know, because our mindfulness, the mindfulness becomes strong. We, we start noticing that we notice, we notice that we notice our physical sensations when we're speaking to someone. We notice some contraction when there is some conflict arising or we're seeing, you know, we're, we're seeing a, a situation as difficult. So when I took the precepts, you know, the precepts have been kind of a, a, a sign through all the practice throughout the years for me. Um, I started practicing with, with the ones that are phrased as do not, do not kill, do not do this, do not take what is not given, do not. And at the beginning, I had this strong reaction because I was in this first circle of me, I, mine, and like who is telling me how to live my life? <laughs> you know, like, no what? <laughs> So I'm like, I was like, well, that makes sense because, you know, there's a sense of ethics and, you know, our conditioning um, and all that. However, when I continued practicing, I started noticing that there was a response to, well, let me see how I'm speaking here. When I was reviewing my actions at the end of the day, 
wow, maybe that was, uh, there was improvement in how I talked to that person. There could be, maybe, you know, how I relate to some people at work. Especially at times where I was not able to practice or retreat. Work became my monastery. Family became my monastery. Friends became sangha. Including everyone without exception. Those who practiced and those who did not practice. And so... As we continued, you know, for some of you that have been for a while in the practice or have been coming, you know, to all these different talks of the path, as we continued, maybe right now, we can see back and we can see that, like Chris was saying, there is a change, there is impermanence in how we starting to look at things. Oh, maybe there's not so much me making things happen here. There is an aspect here of the practice that I have no agency. That is is nourishing. Is nourishing and that self-confidence can be nourished. That healing can start, you know, we can start recognize, you know, that healing is happening. And so in relation to other groups, there are our families. And families, however, we define families. You know, it could be friends, you know, family of, of origin, however you want to call it. Your affinity group, um, nature. So those are great relationships to practice. It's part of your livelihood. Livelihood is supported by speech and action, by also wise view and intention, is in the middle of the Eightfold Path. It's an opportunity for us to start looking at what are our views, what are our cultural norms, especially when we're not in a, in a place or sharing with a group that we're not familiar with. What is the, what we take for granted? What is our biases? What are our beliefs? So we continue moving, you know, through these circles, family. I could see that was and continues to be a place of reassessment of practice and how I relate to others. Um, I started noticing changes. You know, how I was listening to my parents, to my sisters, how I was open to conflict, how I've been open to conflict, especially in, in, you know, times where your livelihood is taking, um, taking a path of caring more about others, you know, like in terms of health, finances, um, taking care of your elders, your children, teenagers going into college and all that. So pay attention. Pay attention to those moments where maybe things are happening a little bit different than what they used to be some time ago. See if there's, you know, if there's some compassion arising, 
is there's like more patience on your part. What is going on here that I'm relating in a more compassionate and loving way? That even when there is suffering in the midst of it, I can see I can see the goodness on people. I you know is it's hard when, you know, when one is angry not to make them run. We become separated. It's them and, and, them and us. Livelihood gives us that opportunity of softening, softening those views and even seeing the situation not only through the views, but more through the intentions that we learn in the Eightfold Path. Loving kindness, compassion, generosity. Very different. And this is one of the things that when we move from that inner circle of me to, you know, the world, society, then we start seeing, okay, I can see, it's not, necess- not necessarily true that I can base my actions on my views. I can see, I do have some views, but there may be some actions that I can take out of recognizing the suffering of others and saying, okay, what is next? What is next here? Um, so we moved from family to another circle, communities, and you know, this is one here. And we, here at IMC, we, I just love how at the end sometimes, you know, we hear, we care not only for our practice, for the, for, but for the place we practice in. And we care about our environment. We care, uh, uh, you know, about our place. So those are all fruits of the practice. There are also fruits of the other factors we're going to see in the future, in the upcoming weeks, you know, as we cultivate, you know, uh, concentration and mindfulness, tranquility, calm. There's more clarity. Then the courage to act when there's a conflict, even if you're, you know, your knees are shaking, that moment of calm and clarity and integrity, oh, this is, this is what is next. It's not going to be easy, but I can handle it. I can have the resources. So what is the offering and the taking? It is this. It is taking a pause to listen to others. It's that offering of, oh, okay, let me, let me listen. What is the offering? It's your full presence. It is offering of whatever resources you have spontaneously. And then the taking, the taking is 
you know, taking maybe resources more consciously, abstaining, deciding maybe not to drive all the time, deciding um, to eat in a different way, deciding to support someone at work in, um, you know, acquiring new skills, offering uh, I don't know mind, offering collaboration, taking collaboration, accepting also. It's almost like, you know, a reciprocity, even though sometimes it's not like that, but spontaneously sometimes it's like, wow, I offer some presence and listening and respect and this person now is stopping by and checking how I'm doing today. So it's almost like we don't even know that there's a cycle there. But I, I truly believe sometimes that it comes come back in one way or another. I want to read the precepts as they become more uh, a way of um, including or um, more explicitly, including more explicitly the world and future generations, our ancestors. Um, again, I started with the precepts of abstaining, you know, going through different traditions or using the no. Um, and in the years that I, that I practiced in the Tignahan tradition at Manzanita Village, one of the centers that um, their teachers were part of, of uh, Thais Sangha, these were the precepts, and I want to read them to you. More of a collective aspect here. Aware of the violence in the world and of the power of nonviolent resistance, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate the compassion that seeks to protect each living being. And vow to cultivate the compassion that seeks to protect each living being. aware of the poverty and greed in the world and of the intrinsic abundance of the earth. I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth and future generations and vow to cultivate the simplicity, gratitude and generosity that has no limit, no limits and vow to cultivate the simplicity, gratitude, and generosity that have no limits. Uh, 
aware of the abuse and lovelessness in the world and of the healing that is made possible when we open to love. I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate respect for the beauty and erotic power of our bodies. And vow to cultivate respect for the beauty and erotic power of our bodies. <clears throat> Aware of the falsehood and deception in the world and of the power of living and speaking the truth, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate the ability to listen and clarity and integrity in all I communicate by my words and actions. I vow to cultivate the ability to listen and clarity and integrity in all I communicate by my words and actions. In the last precept, aware of the contamination and desecration of the world and of my responsibility for life as it manifests through me, as it manifests through me, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth and future generations, and vow to cultivate discernment and care in what I take into my body and mind. Vow to cultivate discernment and care in what I take into my body and mind. So when we practice internally, and then we realize that this practice is not only happening inside of us, you know, we start seeing externally how it is that we impact others. How it is that even sometimes, you know, we don't believe that we're connected. Maybe we say, I don't, I, I, this is not my responsibility. Even on those times, how does it feel acting from the four Brahmaviharas and from these factors, how the actions turn out to be, how does it feel in the body versus acting from a place of greed, aversion, and delusion? It's something for reflection. I want to plant the seed for you to take with you. How it is? Because when we start practicing... And seeing both both moments, you know, in which all these different wholesome and unwholesome qualities of the heart, mind, are present, we start developing discernment that there is an impact that we make. That we can choose not to act or to act, but really, like Chris said, how we're doing it, how we're making that decision, it has a lot of impact. 
I want to end as we're soon going to finish here. Um, creating also another teaching from, I love the teachings of Maha Gosananda. Oh. Maha Gosananda um, was considered, um, he passed in the mid-80s, uh, was considered the father of Cambodia. And um, he wrote this, or expressed it in his teachings, and then it was published in, in the book Stay by, Step by Step. Cambodia has suffered deeply through the genocide that happened in Cambodia. <clears throat> From deep suffering comes deep compassion. From deep compassion comes a peaceful heart. From a peaceful heart comes a peaceful person. From a peaceful person comes a peaceful family and community. From peaceful communities comes a peaceful nation. From peaceful nations come a peaceful world. So know that you have an impact. And know that as you align to these wholesome qualities and become more conscious of what you offer and what you take, you are nourishing a peaceful heart, a peaceful family, a peaceful community, a peaceful environment, and a peaceful world. So, Chris, I think we are... Yeah, so let me consult here something. So we can... Hold on. Now? Oh. Let's break into groups now. If you find um, three other people, then I can tell you what we're going to do. So find three more people. Yeah, group of, groups of four. Yeah. Good chance to meet somebody new. Could mix it up a little. Yeah, mix it up. Three is okay. Three, three or four, four is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Four is preferable, but if there's, you know, there's a group of three at the end. Is yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. You needing a group? You can be a group of five. Yeah, if there's... Okay. Okay. So, the reflection, the questions for reflection are the following. What aspects of your give and take, offering and taking from society, what aspect of this give and take with society or your way, or your way of life feel most aligned to your heart's values. So what offerings and takings give and receive from society or which other ways, you know, within your life, livelihood, uh, feel most aligned with your heart's values? And how can you bring more of your activities into alignment, into this alignment of living with your heart, the sense of your heart, goodness, and your values, and your, your spiritual practice, too. Okay? So, you're going to have um, maybe 15 minutes, 15 minutes yeah. yeah. So, make sure that, you know, this is part of that, you know, to listen and to make space for others to also share. See how, how that is for you. Okay? Uh, so it's going to be like two or three minutes each. Okay. You can begin. We're not going to time it. You just go around and try, yeah. to, try to share evenly. Yeah. Okay. So we have time to um, 
do some some sharing, you know, to anyone that would like to offer some reflections. How was for you? How um, we have time for a few. So um, just for the benefit of the community and um, see how was for you. So um, we were a group of four women, and um, someone in our group um, pointed out very insightfully that a lot of the things that we were talking about um, were related to um, gender roles. Um, and that, you know, I think that was very good insight. And um, we were also wondering, uh, some of us, you know, where, like, how like Buddhism and uh, sexism. Is there a lot of thought on that? And um, if so, where we maybe find resources for that? So there's, you know, there's different, we know from, um, just seeing uh, how the monastic um, community has been changing in these past 10, 12 years, how um, even within our own traditions and other traditions, sexism may be alive, you know, in different ways. Um, I would say that not only for that ism, but for other isms, um, the, for me, what the practice brings is non-harming. What it is, is it if, if, and you know, there are many situations that are not that clear. There's some reflection that we have to go through. It's like, if there's harm being caused here, are the precepts being um, broken? <clears throat> and, you know, not taking the precepts of commandments but really to see them as guidelines of how it is that you want to live your life. What are the values that um, are supporting your actions? So um, I will say um, the non, non-harming. Do you have, Chris, anything else? Well, it's just interesting to me to... Oh, I have two mics. Interesting to me to see that... Um, <laughs> Um, the essence of the teachings are so clear that we should not take these concepts, you know, like different genders, different races, different anything, that the the projections that we make based on these concepts are not wisdom, that that's coming from ignorance and not from relating to people as people through the heart and through kindness and all these qualities. And yet those teachings are working their way through humanity <laughs> as it is and as it has been for thousands of years. So it's not a finished project in Buddhism as it isn't anywhere else. And, you know, it's always, it's kind of amazing when groups like the monks in Burma can, you know, justify killing Muslims based on 
Buddhist teachings, it's a shock, you know. But that's the way humanity and their religions are all over the world, and it's an ongoing process of really understanding what the teachings are. So, you know, I feel clear that the Buddha himself was quite revolutionary in his time in including women and seeing that women could be enlightened and creating that Sangha, and then it's, you know, it, it's a constant work to really bring forth those teachings in each individual's heart. And, you know, our tradition here is, as far as I know, pretty good. But, you know, there's work to be done everywhere in raising everyone's awareness of what's going on. It's a good question. Anything else that you want to share? Anything else that you want to share? Questions, celebrations, protests? <laughs> I have a protest. Okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Hello. So, here's my friendly protest. Yes. <laughs> so, more on the subject of women. So, we were discussing how much of our experience and how much of how we are answering questions that are being posed to us mm. coming from our uh, gender roles. Mm -hmm. And we all of us love coming here. We really, really do. And I'm wondering why out of so many aspects of diversity that are impactful on people's life, I could easily have heard 20 talks here about uh, race diversity or uh, about sexual differences, but not even one was about uh, uh, diversity in uh, gender terms, in terms of uh, women's role in the society. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if we have such magnificent, inspirational, terrific female Buddhist teacher, and not even one ever has given a talk <laughs> on this subject. That's my protest. We demand more talks. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Yeah, this is great. This is you see. This is this is what is allowed when when we create a community when where we can speak, speak up and and see. You know. So thank you. And um, yeah, there's there's more. There's more to offer. There's definitely more a space to to offer and. Uh, even within, within the gender definition, you know, these days not only the, the gender of women, but now people, uh, dear practitioners and family members and friends that um, now choose to identify as non-binary. So, um, and then there's the role of, again, you know, the nuns and other women in um, in our you know, tradition, and trans, you know, um, one of the teachers, the precepts that I read were um, also part, um, drafted, e edited, um, Ketriona Reed, which um, uh, used to be Christopher Reed, and um, was ordained by Tignahan, um, it was so grateful to, you know, call, uh, offer these precepts in a way that the, the community in, in their center um, drafted, you know, took, uh, participated in drafting those. So there's, thank you for your protest. 
time? Yeah. I have a protest too. Please. You've emboldened me. Um, it seems to me that part of um, right livelihood is uh, our nourishment, our, our food, our diet. Um, and how we eat has potential to be pretty benign or can do a colossal amount of harm. Uh, and and um, I'm, I'm disappointed that that our diet is not addressed ever in Buddha in the Buddhist circles I, I hang around with, with the one exception of uh, Ajahnananda Bodhi, uh, a nun in the Sierra foothills. She's she's not shy about it, but but um, uh, I, I think there's a pretty explicit teaching in in uh, in the Pali Canon about how you can eat meat, uh, but our meat, dairy. Eggs, uh, it's it's like nightmarish for those animals. Um, every day of their short lives, so uh, so that's what I'm disappointed about. Mm. Is it just too touchy a subject? I don't feel a lack of discussing it. I feel like there's a lot of discussing it, but you know we aren't in. Generally, in this tradition, we try not to lay down exclusionary type rules. You know, like you're not a Buddhist unless you're vegan or something. It's a matter of working with your own circumstances and coming to understand what trade-offs are what trade-offs are there for you. I, I don't think uh, there are any absolutes, mm-hmm. so I wasn't thinking in terms of mm-hmm. rules, mm-hmm. Okay. but how to how to explore the subject um, yeah. is, mm-hmm. seems lacking to me. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mean right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right now. There's <laughs> no, I, but, I, <laughs> but that I food's all vegetarian, so it's well. Yeah, there's cheese. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, it's you know, it's a it's a complex subject, and there could be more discussion of it. Right. In the kitchen at the retreat center, there's been plenty of discussion of it, so I'm not feeling any lack of discussion of that yeah. subject myself. Yeah. But, but I, 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 perhaps there haven't been talks and so forth on it, and we haven't brought it up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the impact of all this on the planet and other beings is part of right livelihood. Yeah. Thank you. Someone in the corner? Take us um, from a protest to a super basic question, which is, so you talked about how at work there's a good opportunity to be mindful when you're walking or mindful when you're on the computer and whatever. And I, I haven't been doing this very long, so what I find is that I notice a lot when I'm not mindful, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> and I don't know like, if you have any advice or maybe it's just time. How... Can you can you repeat the question? I just want to make sure I understood it. Yeah, the frustration that comes from constantly noticing that we're not present. And and being present in the moment of noticing, but it's very frustrating to notice how much we're not present. So within that, you know, one 
there's this aspect of, of how it is that we practice that I talked about, the, to, be, to be patient and compassionate with ourselves. That is, I know it's like, well, but is there anything else? You, there's, there's sometimes that, you know, that sense of relaxation, that uh, compassion um, may bring you to the present. But um, to develop continuity of practice throughout your day, you know, is, is, it is a practice, it's daily life practice. And coming back, you know, starting anew every time, starting anew. Uh, going back to make, putting notes on your computer, on your telephone, and really, um, really nourishing yourself in terms of the efforts. And we'll talk about this with the other classes, but uh, all the different efforts <laughs> that we can take on to become more present. Uh, but the frustration is, you know, is to acknowledge it to say, okay, and, and I'm going to keep practicing. Yeah. I have maybe one thing to add, and that is every time you notice that you haven't been mindful and you turn to feeling bad about that, that is a moment when you could appreciate that right now I'm mindful. <laughs> and, and we learn, many of us learn more from the carrot than the stick, you know? And so take each moment of realizing wow, I've been lost all day, to be there then and be really present then and make that a positive experience and then it may come up more often. I also highly recommend Andrea Fellow's Daily Life Practice Series if you mm-hmm. haven't taught, taken that. She offers that in various ways throughout the year and she's just a gold mine of tips on how to really practice during the day. We are okay. Well, yes, so we're gonna end. So let's transition. And again, you can do this as part of your livelihood in daily life. You're doing something, and let's take a moment to just be more aware of our posture, settling, taking two or three deep breaths, remembering. that you're here in community. Cultivating your path. Getting to know the teachings, how they apply to you and to others and to community. How we're practicing internally and externally for our benefit, the benefit of others, the benefit of all. (coughs) Meeting all the needs that Chris talked about at the beginning of our session Know that you have capacities of the heart that can support you. Know that there is wisdom within your practice. 
and know that the world is not only out there, but also in our minds. It's like a dear teacher and colleague says, Brian Lesage, society is mind. The world is in our minds too. So may the benefit of your efforts in being here today and practice touch everyone you come into contact with. May you know and recognize the benefits. May all beings benefit without exception. May all beings be free. May all beings be happy. May all beings know peace. May all beings know peace.